don't care who listening and who not listening. That's right. Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. I am Brian. On the mic here Monday night in my den with my dog. We just got uh, just got inside from a from peeing outside. I didn't do it, but my dog did. And it is cold. I think the temp was zero. Felt like at one point today it was negative nine, but the dog, our little pooch butt, does not like the cold weather one bit. And we've also got five or six inches of snow. She's about 12 or 13 inches tall. So getting her to go to the bathroom in the wintertime is kind of a an adjustment period. So... Anyways, taking her out, she takes forever to go to the bathroom. I get uh, I get these feelings of being really angry towards this dog, and I want to cuss at her. And uh, then I realize, you know, she's just a dog, and really you're the one that looks kind of like a jackass out here getting all mad and stuff at the dog. <laughs> So, because I know she wasn't having a good time, like, her feet, they they get cold and she starts to just kind of crumble, and I have to kind of give her a little pull. I said, come on, Harper, go potty. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, so those, this, anyway, she finally goes, and I, you know, and when she does go, she she goes straight back to the house, like, she hates it. It's like, I think she'd rather just... I don't know, just pee in her bed or something, then go outside because she's had such a hard time because she's not in the grass and just walking alongside the road. But anyway, she finally went. So I'm back inside, starting to warm up. Um, yeah, you know, and having a good day, even though it's kind of chilly. Um, I did have a root canal this morning, which sucked. Um, I had two of them when I was like 12, but for some reason, uh, I didn't remember them hurting this bad, but guy that did it put a, put a shot in the back of my mouth. It was thick. Uh, that, that was about it. Anyways, who cares about my root canal? Um, it's been a little bit since I've been on here. That's my bad. And... You know, I was doing a pretty good job of being consistent, and then I let a couple of weeks get me, and so that's something that I got to fight against. But uh, I'm glad to be back, killing on the mic, and talking about the Pacers. Um, let's see here. I had a little technical get difficulty, realized I didn't have my headphones plugged in, but uh, hopefully that's better. And here we are. So it's, you know... Pacers are sitting here at 31 and 15. 
So that's 46 games into the season. An NBA season's 82 games. So we're just a little over halfway. Um, because I have uh, not been on here a couple weeks to necessarily talk about the games, um, I thought, well, that's be a good time to do a little mid-season report and then take a look at uh, the upcoming games and get back into that routine um, because we got some good ones coming up. But, uh, yeah, so I just thought I'd talk about the Pacers here halfway through the season, the good, um, the warnings that I see, and also, you know, maybe what we can expect coming up in in the future, what I think might happen. So I'll just, you know, jump right in it. I think uh, I haven't been on the podcast, but I've been watching the Pacers games and, you know, they've they've looked, uh, I'd say, about the same as they have two weeks ago. Um, Nothing really jumps out too much to me. Um, So, yeah, here we are. They're 31 and 15, third place in the Eastern Conference ahead of the Boston Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I certainly would have signed up for it. I would have said, hell yeah, give me some of that. I'll take a third place um, standings. I'll be ahead of Boston and Philly. That'd be, I, th- I would think that would be an amazing start for the Pacers. So I think that's good. The Pacers in, in the record and in the standings are right there. They're winning a lot of games. 31 and 15, that's an, that's an impressive, uh, impressive number. That's, Let's see, that's got to be on pace for over 50 wins, I would think, right? Um, yeah, I would think so. But, uh, yeah, so they're looking good with the wins. And then, you know, being third place in the East, that sets them up right now for uh, a first-round playoff with home court against the sixth seed. And I like the Pacers' chances against the sixth seed in the East this this playoffs um right now that'd be brooklyn nets it could be you know brooklyn miami charlotte detroit those are the four teams who are kind of in the playoff mix for those last three spots and i mean i love the Pacers' chances against all those teams i think that's an easy win in the first round and that puts us to the eastern conference finals um you know where we would take on or not eastern conference finals sorry but the eastern conference semis where we'd play, you know, either Milwaukee or Toronto um, if the playoffs started today. So, you know, it's decent. I, that's, that's, that's setting up pretty good. Um, right now, I would say that the Pacers do not look as good as Milwaukee or Toronto. Um, but, you know, I'm talking about the good that I think I've seen this season and, and kind of overall expectations had where we w- would have been looking at, looking at the season you know, in October, and if you would have told me the Pacers are going to win a first, win a playoff series this year, I would think, okay, I'd say that's pretty much a successful season for the Pacers. I don't know if anybody would really disagree with me on that, um, and that's okay. I think it's important to have realistic expectations, um, and the Pacers aren't, they don't owe us a championship this year. Or, or bust, and I don't think they even owe us an Eastern Conference Finals, although I think an Eastern Conference Finals would be, you know, them having a great season. 
So this, I, I just am thinking that it's good right now. It, as a Pacers fan, it's good. It's not great, but it's good. Um, we've had a couple of guys who have had, you know, really good seasons. Uh, to me, the first one is Demontis Sabonis. He's fifth in the NBA in field goal percentage. He's having a way better year this year than he did last year. He's in the conversation for NBA Most Improved Player and then also for NBA Sixth Man of the Year. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially if the Pacers end up having a great season um, with Sabonis getting one of those awards. His numbers are incredible. Like He's averaging 15 points, 9.5 rebounds, 3 assists, and we're talking 25 minutes worth of action a game. And he's putting up those numbers. Um, you know, one of the things that he's really improved on this year is his efficiency. So, he sh- like I mentioned, fifth in the NBA in field goal percentage. Um, he doesn't take a lot of them, but he's taken like eight threes, and he's shooting 75% from three-point line and shooting 76% from the free-throw line. So he's, you know, pretty much money um, every time he shoots the ball. You know, um, he's really just... And here's the other thing that was one thing that I noticed when I was looking at his stats was he's only averaging one more minute per game this year than last year. So last season, which I thought Sabonis was, uh, you know, it's like, oh, he's actually decent. Um, but he's making a big jump this year because if you look at his numbers last season, he was getting 24 minutes this year, 25. But the production last year was about four points less a game, three rebounds a game, one assist a game. And, you know, that's just one minute of, of action but um yeah Sabonis's play to start this season looking at it halfway point is um he to me he's the brightest personnel um movement that we've had from from this season um his strengths I I love his passion that Sabonis plays with to me um he looks just like someone that you want to play basketball with and I, I love that about him. His offensive rebounding is is top notch. It seems like once or twice, or even three times a game, it's like a shot goes up. Uh, Sabonis crashes the offensive rebound for a tip back. You know uh, that happens all the time. I think we take it for granted that he gets so many of those per game. Um, his passing's incredible and makes sense. His dad was a really good passer. Um, I'd like to go back and check out some some YouTube clips from Sabonis, but or the Daddy Sabonis, Arvidas Sabonis, um, see how da- see how, how Daddy Sabonis passes the ball and uh, see if there's any similarities in the way that uh, Domantas uh, passes. But anyways, every time Sabonis has the ball, it seems like seems like good stuff is happening this year. And um, I mentioned his efficiency, and then best of all, he's 22 years old, so. He's a, he's a young pup out there. He's had a great leap from year two to three. And, um, you know, I, I think he's the, he's the highlight. He's, he's what's the best thing about the Pacers so far this season. And then, uh, oh, I put down, okay, so weaknesses for Sabonis. Like this is, I think he's not, okay, maybe weaknesses isn't, weaknesses isn't the best way to put it, but just maybe like stuff that I think he could improve on or whatever would be shoot more three-pointers because he's always wide open. Um, 
it's 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 amazing how many times he just holds the ball at the top of the key and waits for some action um you know off to the side before he look just looking to pass and um i know he's only taken a couple i i I think he's you know i think he's seven of eight or something ridiculous he's less than 10 three-point attempts but he's probably made eight or nine of them and like or seven of them Who, who cares he's just um he's hitting them when he shoots them so it's like just let him rip a little bit and let's see what you got there you know um if your percentage drops down under 50 then stop shooting or, or whatever but like um i don't know if he just doesn't like shooting threes maybe he doesn't have the green light in the offense to shoot threes um but to me that's puzzling that's one of the things it's like just shoot the three um it and then stop if, if you're not good i'd like to have that caveat um and then, so it's basically, I'm asking for more of Sabonis, like do more. And then also the other thing is get more minutes. You know, uh, I mentioned last season, he averaged 24 minutes a game. Well, this season he's only averaging 25 minutes a game. So uh, I think I think we might be at a point now where it's like, you know, and I don't know what the, he's just, he's maximizing his minutes. Um, I think he just has, you just got to find a way to get Sabonis more minutes. Unless he, unless he just doesn't do well, um, like fatigue wise. But to me, he looks, he does, but looks like really tired out there or, you know, like it's not obvious to me at least that he's fatigued early. So I don't think it's that he's young. Um, he needs the development time. Um, I don't know. I just think you got to find a way to get some more, more minutes to Sabonis. So maybe that's something that happens in this second half of the season that really helps the the Pacers. And then the last thing about Sabonis is his inside defense. To me, just seems a little suspect. And hmm, that's really the only thing I can think of when I'm like that that I remember when I'm watching the game that I feel kind of like, what are you doing, man? It's it's sometimes when he's in the when he's playing defense in the low post, um, and I can't even really pinpoint exactly what it is, but I just feel like sometimes he is out of position or gets out-rebounded over a lot, even though he averages so many rebounds. He's a good rebounder, but um, like one-on-one rebounds. Anyways, I'm, I'm nitpicking here because I, I just uh, that's just one of the things that I, I notice about Sabonis a little bit. But overall, man, A plus for Sabonis this performance, like. Your 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 uh, semester grade here, Demontis is is an A plus from the Pacer Pod, and can't really imagine him doing anything more. So, breakout player Sabonis. Another guy who's been awesome is Miles Turner, and Turner's really turned it on this second quarter of the season. He got off to a really slow start this year, um, like was shooting the ball like shit, and just really was kind of struggling. Then he got injured, and I think he missed, oh gosh, maybe he didn't miss games. I know he broke his nose and missed a couple games, um, but I feel like there was just this this time when he, he also sh- like changed his haircut. Maybe that was the turning point when I think back on it. But anyways, it was like December, right when the Pacers went on their, their they had an incredible December, went 12-3, and three, I believe, and uh, oh, it was when Oladipo went out. That's what, what it was. Yeah, so Oladipo missed, you know, 12 games this this, this year, and Turner really turned it on when he went down. Um, 
And I've really been impressed with Miles lately. Like when he's out on the court, he's doing a lot of good things. Um, he's leading the NBA in blocks halfway through the season. He's got a career-high 2.8 blocks a game. And he's his blocks are like those blocks when they, they really shift momentum. Um, because for whatever reason, it just feels like the whole team feeds off of Turner's blocks. Um, and he really seems to draw a lot of energy and kind of um, purpose from those blocks. And it, it, it really, to me, seems like a... Um, a huge win this season, this 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 year for the Pacers. Having the the number one shot blocker in the, in the league is uh, something to be proud of as a defense. So, a plus to Miles Turner for his for his defense. And I think you know, um, it's unfortunate that his rebounding numbers are so low as an average. But lately, he's been popping off some like 14, 16 rebound games. Um, and it's really, you know, the Pacers as a team, they have a lot of guys that rebound, so there's not that many boards to go around because he's sharing them with um, Sabonis and Thad Young and, uh, you know, Oladipo's going to get his and Tyreek Evans is going to grab a couple and, uh, you know, there's just guys that get boards on this team. So Turner averaging seven boards, I'm okay with seven, to be honest. Like, I, But I love seeing him pop off for 14 or 16. And... Um, the other thing that he's been doing awesome is shooting threes now. And like last game against Charlotte, he only had nine points, but they, three, they were three threes. So he's looking to shoot the ball more, um, or looking to shoot the three more lately. And he's knocking them down. He's at 40, he's at 39.5% on the season from three, which that's all you can ask from any player is to shoot four. I mean, especially a center, you know? Um, He's, he's, he's been incredible. If it, I mean, it could just be a hot shooting streak right now. So we just that's something that we should look forward to um, this next quarter uh, at the end of, to the end of the season. Is this three point shooting from Turner for real, or is this just a fad? Because he really hasn't taken a whole lot of shots yet, um, but he's been putting them up lately and he's been nailing them. So that's been something that's been great to see. He's just our defensive anchor when he's out there. Um, blocking shots it just makes our whole defense better and it provides a spark plug and then um, he's only 22 years old just like Sabonis and I, when I saw their ages today I noticed that they're only like 40 days apart and I believe I believe Miles is older than Domas but they're both listed at 6'11 on the roster. Turner's listed at 250 pounds, and Sabonis is at 240 pounds. Um, it's cool. I, I love the play of these two guys, and I'm excited. They're 22. Um, we got Turner under contract. I, it, we just have to find a way to get them to play together more, to have them on the court. It basically, just get Sabonis up to 30. Minutes. Find five minutes for Sabonis without taking Turner out. Um, but yeah, back to Miles. Um, I did write down a couple things that I, when I'm watching the game, say, "Oh, I'm like Miles, come on," because he is. He's not as to me. He hasn't had as an as an impressive of a season so far as Sabonis. I'd give Turner like a A minus, but like an A plus in some areas. But he's still, to me, kind of inconsistent. 
he's I, I always think of him as kind of being ghost-like where sometimes I'm watching the game I know he's out there but he's just not getting anything so um, it's hard to feel his presence out there sometimes but other times he's really engaged in the game and you're like damn this guy's he's one of the best players on the court um, and then inside defense for Sabo- or for Turner too is he's if he can figure out a way to um, use his body better to leverage those bigger guys um, he does you know a, a really good job against smaller centers at rebounding but against big bruisers like Joel Embiid or uh, Rudy Gobert or Enos Cantor probably Samuel Ad- or Samuel Adams Stephen Adams um, we haven't played them yet but I'm sure that'll be a, a fun one to watch Drummond we haven't really seen Detroit yet um, some of those bigger guys that just you know he needs to be able to hold his own a little bit more in there because the Pacers just that was something against Philly. If we get matched up against Philly, I don't. We don't have an answer for Embiid yet. We haven't figured that one out. Um, so let's just hope Turner can keep improving um, his game, and um, we'll go from there. But yeah, so Turner's been a bright spot. A uh, couple guys I won't spend as much time on, but just to, wanted to mention, you know, Bogdanovich has been great. He's averaging. He's having career high in points, rebounds, assists. Uh, he's up to 16 points a game, and he's also shooting three, and the field and his field goal percentage is sky high. So he's super efficient. Um, at one point in the season, you know, Bojan was leading the NBA in three-point percentage. Um, he's just been somebody that I've really enjoyed watching this year. He's going through a little bit of a rough spot the last couple of weeks, or, or not, not sorry, not last couple of weeks, last couple of games. This. Um, it was like Charlotte and, um, ah, shit. Who was that other team? Charlotte. Who did they play before Charlotte? Well, I lost my, who was it? Anyways, Bogey hadn't, he wasn't shooting the ball well. And I don't know when that, when he's not hitting a shot, I have a totally different view on him. <laughs> so, um, so far so good for Bogey and it's a contract year. He's 29, close to 30 years old. Um, I would be happy with signing him to like a, would he take like a four-year, $10 million contract from the Pacers? Um, if Bogey would sign something like that, I'd, I'd offer him, I mean, preferably I'd do, you know, three three years for $27 million or something. Like if you could get Bogey for under 10 points a game or under 10 mil, I think that's pretty good. Um, I should actually put some pencil and paper pencil and paper together and actually do the math on these numbers because I don't know if that's way too much to for bogey or not but it seems about right to me um so anyways yeah so bogey's a free agent and then another guy who has been playing really good this year is Thad Young also going to be a free agent this this uh this summer and 
Let's make sure that I'm recording. That's been having some really good games. He was Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He's having his best. He's been. This is his third year as a Pacer, and he's definitely having his best season. Um, he hasn't been shooting the ball great, but he's never been a great shooter. He's been playing incredible defense. He had that game where he held um, he held Giannis to 12 points. Um, he gets a lot of steals. He's everybody on the team calls him the glue guy. You know, Nate McMillan loves him. He does get. A, I mean, he does seem to be in the right place at the right time. I don't love Thad Young. Um, I feel like the Pacers, in order to be like a championship level team, need an upgrade at either Bojan or Thad. Like both of those starters, I feel like uh, the Pacers need to upgrade there somewhere. But I like Thad a lot. And um, him being a free agent, it's like, okay, what do the Pacers want to bring him back? And what kind of contract would they offer him? Dad Young's another guy just like Bogey. He's he's either just turned 30 or he's about to be 30. And um, how much is he worth in the, in the open market? Could we get him for three more years? And would both Bogey and Thad be willing to take a lesser role in the future? That, that would be something that I would want to talk about. Um, so yeah, as far as personnel, I think those are the four guys that have that have kind of shined the brightest this first half of the season. Um, another strength of the Pacers has just been, you know, the balanced attack that we have. I think our best asset is the fact that we have seven guys averaging nine and a half points a game. Um, and then after those seven, you still have Corey Joseph, Doug McDermott, Kyle O'Quinn, Aaron Holiday, who's been surprisingly, um, I like him when he's in the game. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Aaron Holiday. And then uh, TJ Leaf, you know, he's not getting very much run, although lately he had he has been getting a little bit. But you've got seven guys plus throwing Corey Joseph. Um, if we really need to stretch the floor, McDermott. Uh, so the, the rotation seems to be about set, set eight, eight guys, nine guys, uh, but um, we'll see. So they've got that balanced attack, which is just nice because you just never know who's going to... We've got guys who are capable of getting to 20 pretty easily. You know, like Oladipo obviously can get over 20 a game. Sabonis can get 20 a game. Bogdanovich can get 20 a game. Um, Miles Turner can get 20 a game. Tyreek Evans can get 20 a game. Thad Young can get 20 a game. Um, Darren Collison can get 20 games. So there's seven guys who have probably all had 20 points or more this season at once. Or not at, not at once, but, um, you know, at least once this season. So that's kind of what the Pacers can hit you with. You know, not many teams, I think, could say that they've got that many guys who, who have or could get 20 a game. But um, that's one of the things I love about this Pacers team is their balance. And even though I like rooting for big stats and uh, I want to see, like, players that average you know like what James Harden is doing in, in Houston where he's averaging like 35 a game um, that would be fun to root for to have somebody like that but uh, if you really you know this team they just they've got a lot of weapons a lot of uh, B B level weapons but uh, yeah those so those are the good things here's a couple warnings that I see 
And this, this pains me to talk about uh, because of how much I love this player. But I have, I have some concerns with Victor Oladipo. Um, and I'm not trying to make this like a hot take or anything. But I'm worried that I'm worried that last year may have been a peak year for Oladipo. And because, well, I don't think I really wanted to start it, start that way because I'm 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 optimistic for Oladipo, but it just um, you know he kind of he got most improved last year, um, but to some degree there's a level of you know you need to kind of prove it over time, and I think he will. But this year his numbers are down. He so he's averaging 19 points a game, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, His steals are down. He's at 1.7. His shooting is basically the worst of his career. He shoots 42% from the field, 34% from three-point line, 73% from free throws. Um, His his numbers have just kind of taken a hit. I mean, he's up in assists, but I was hoping to see like a great year from Oladipo would be him elevating from that 23 point per game score we saw last year or maybe he was at like 21 22 but to see him to see him stretch extend that to 24 25 um, but instead he's gone the other way um you know he's got some reasons like he had that injury uh on two different occasions i believe he's missed a total of 12 games due to injury um i don't know it just feels like there there was a lot of old depot buzz coming into the season and that's kind of quieted down, but he still gets the respect around the league. People know he's the best player on the Pacers. The Pacers are third in the East, so um, I think he'll be an all-star, and that's fine. Um, but it's just hard to uh, entertain the idea that Oladipo is not going to elevate his game to this you know, top 10 MVP um, candidate type player and um, you know maybe it can still happen but maybe that's just an unrealistic expectation to put him put on him in the first place and you know it's probably too that was probably a pretty fanboy expectation but we'll see he's young he could he could still figure it out but it's got me it's asking the question you know can Oladipo be the best player on a championship team in Indiana in Indiana um, I don't know right like that would has it can you think of anybody um, I mean I don't know I, it would be tough to, to, to envision that however maybe he can be the best on this type of Indiana Pacers team, a team that's not star um, heavy, but rather than like complete team, seven, eight contributing factors, um, true specialists in a sense where like, um, you know, you'll bring a guy like Corey Joseph as your eighth man. And now I don't want to make that kind of claim for Corey yet. But I don't know, I guess if the Pacers are a team that's built with depth, 
And maybe rather than leading a team to a championship via scoring and assists and playmaking and, um, you know, clutchness, maybe rather than that, Oladipo can lead a team to a championship with his leadership and with his work ethic and with his ability to create a, uh, or, or, um, not create, but, you know, um, I'm just going to use create, create like a, a team environment that's pleasant and, and where there's, there's good camaraderie, um, and having, having that be along with really good play, but maybe not the best player, but having these other intangibles, like, I wonder if those types of intangibles could ever, could ever be the bet on, you know, like if, if, if it were those skills that made him able to lead the Pacers to a championship. And it would obviously take a lot from other guys too. Like he would need Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis to, to be, you know, it's like 1A, 1B, 1C, like right up there with him as far as X's and O's. And they could look to Vic as the leader and Vic can be the emotional leader, uh, but then you know we're getting our production from our workhorses, and um, and then so if that's the case, then I don't mind Vic scoring going down. Maybe let's just get that efficiency up, and uh, you know one of the things like when you're looking at his numbers and you say, oh, he's shooting seventy three percent from the free throw line. Oh man, that sucks. Like last year, I think he was in the eighties. He's never been fantastic at it, but 73 is the worst that he's shot, I think, in his whole entire career. Um, and, you know, you'd like to see Vic, I think he could be an 80, 82 to 85% free throw shooter. That'd be right about where his level skill level could max, I would think. And having him at 73, it sucks. But you do see that the team has confidence in Oladipo to, to kind of find his way through this little slump. And... There was a, uh, what was it like a technical foul or something where they the Pacers needed to send a free throw shooter, and I think this might have been in the game against Charlotte when they were really looking to get Oladipo going, um, but they sent Oladipo to the free throw line. So they're obviously not going just like they want to see. And he stepped up and he knocked the free throw down, and it's just one of those things like all right, get that confidence back in your free throw shot. Um, Anyways, the question, can he be the best player on a championship team? Yeah, I think he can be. And I just think he has to be excellent in all the other things that are off the court. And then, and then, um, oh yeah, that's where I was going with that, becoming more efficient. And so increasing the shooting percentages, focus on the defensive end, like be, be the same like elite defender that you were last year, especially now that we have Miles Turner playing behind you at this level. Um, come on, you can do it, Vic. And yeah, so I'm optimistic about Oladipo, but I, I just think, you know, it's it's not been great this year. I would say it's below below what we would have expected from Oladipo this season. Um, but I love the guy. I got its jersey. Um, 
he's still he's still the captain and so um, okay one other thing here at the halfway point that has me a little concerned about the Pacers besides uh, the slight regression of Oladipo is is our record against the elite teams in the NBA so that's one of the things that I've noticed following the team so closely this season it's like you can look at the schedule and you can basically say when they're playing a decent team or not even decent but or yeah like decent to um to bad you can pencil the pacers in for a w but when they're playing the teams that you need to get up for the teams that are going to be you know those um i i, I just list, listed them out milwaukee toronto philadelphia boston and then golden state denver houston portland and oklahoma city those to me are the elite teams in the league right now. Um, they're the top five seeds basically from each conference. But anyways, um, so against those elite teams this year, granted we have a thirty-one and fifteen record when you look at us on the, uh, you know, just on paper. But the Pacers are only three and nine against those elite teams that I just mentioned earlier. So that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Because you look at that and you say, oh, well, they kind of have a padded record, right? Because when they play in the elite, if you take out the elite teams, they're 28 and 6. Um, but yeah, that's just concerning to me. The fact that there's been teams, and we haven't even played Golden State yet or Denver. Um, but Houston beat us twice. Portland's beat us once. Um, Milwaukee beat us, I, I, I know, at least once. Philly's beat us twice once Boston beat us Toronto has beat us twice so these are the teams that you know if we have a chance to make the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals it's like you got to show up and beat these guys um so that's something for me that's like all right let's look at that the second half of the season there's 13 games left so you know obviously we're halfway through we've got 13 games left against those top elite teams and um it all starts, the, we've got one against Toronto, home game on Wednesday the 23rd. So I'm recording this on Monday, so on you know in two days we've got the Raptors. Um, I'm super stoked for that one because, well, it's nice because it, there's a break here. So we're going to go a couple days without Pacers, so it'll be, I'll be ready to watch a game. It's going to be against a good team. I was listening to... Um, post-game conference which is crazy that there's just and maybe i need to learn more or like look for information in different places but the only place i go to that i can ever find any like uh post-game stuff is just on nba.com and um maybe that's some homework i should do is is look and see if i can find more sources but they just post like maybe one two and a half minute um post-game clip uh, after each game normally, and maybe sometimes a, a big Nate McMillan press conference, but it's just not a whole lot of content there. But one of the things Oladipo said after the Charlotte game, you know, he's like, oh, we got a big dog coming into play. I shouldn't say it. So, quote, got a big dog coming into play in on Tuesday, um, and then something to the likes of we're going to be ready to play. So he's wrong about the game, but it's it is toronto they're tied for first in the east it is a big game 
And I don't know. I'm just I'm excited for it. I'm putting a lot of stake into this game. Like I want to see how the Pacers, how they can hold up against Toronto. We gotta we gotta win this one because if not, then it'll be a series sweep. And if we met against Toronto in the playoffs, it's like, well, Toronto's got three, we've got zero. Um, Toronto's healthy. We think that, well, Toronto will be coming off of a back-to-back, which they've been resting Kawhi Leonard, their their best player, um, on the second night of back-to-backs. But I think he's going to play against the Pacers. And the Raptors also have Kyle Lowry back whom they did not have um, one of the times that the Pacers played. Um, yeah, Toronto's just a good team. They're, they're tied with Milwaukee for first. They've got Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard, Abaka, Lowry. They just, they've got a tough team, and they're deep. Fred, Fred Van Fleet, you know, I could... Um, Danny Green, they just have good players. So... Pacers need to show up. Home court needs to be there. Uh, that'd be great if the Pacer fans went nuts for this game. And what needs to happen is the Pacers need to give them something to get nuts about to start the game because they'll be ready. If the Pacers come out hot, we'll, we'll love to celebrate a win against Toronto for sure. So it's on the players to give, give the fans something to cheer for, and it's on the fans to be ready to cheer when the players, players come out you know, swinging. Guns are blazing. Um. Yeah, so that's the big game coming up. Toronto, then they've got uh, they go on the road to play Memphis. So that should be a win, but that's not an easy win. And and we'll check in probably after the Toronto game or um, after the Memphis game. So that's it for the Pacer talk. It's uh, like I said, uh, maybe I don't know if I mentioned it or not because I. Did have to restart this, but um, I was on vacation last week, and so just getting back into the swing of things, it feels good. Um, yeah, so I hope everybody's doing good. Keep on grinding. That's what I'm trying to do out here, out here in the snow, and uh, we'll go from there. So go Pacers. Let's beat Toronto. Get it.